Welcome to Beyond the Shire. My name is Jack Wolf. For today's adventure, we're going to continue on our journey asking ourselves some questions. What is the Lord asking us to do? Or I might say, what are we always asking the Lord to do that the Lord would like us to do? Hmm. Interesting. Now, uh, don't anybody get mad at me. And uh, disclaimer here, I'm not claiming I do all this stuff right. However, I'm challenged by it personally myself as I launch through this podcast with the deep realization of my importance in the world in which I live. Uh, this came to me the other day, and I, 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 as I, I look on a little bit of social media, I'm not a big social media junkie. I'm on it a little, a little bit, and uh, that's all good, you know, and that's not uh, meaning if you're on it more or whatever. It's not a contest, but it's just we, we do what we're going to do, right? But I see these things that are posted from time to time, and I kind of get a kick out of it. It makes me think of things because I hear this very – I hear this comment, and I see this kind of uh, posted about a lot like, we'll hear this, and I got this in quotes. We really need the Lord to change what dot, 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 change what, change this. Or we really need God to show up. We need the Lord to do something about the world that we live in. We pray, Lord, please do something about this. And the list goes on and on and on. Now, hear me clearly. There's no question we are called and asked to pray to the Father. And yes, we're called to call on the name of the Lord. And yes, we're called to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. And yet it's easy for us just to shake our heads at the condition of the world and our lives, etc., and on and on, and then bow our heads and ask the Lord, please do something about this. Now, I know, and you know, and the Bible tells us what we know, that the world is going to continue to fall apart until the Lord returns. There's going to be moments of greatness, but there's going to be a continued deterioration of human, humankind, mankind. Sin will continue to run rampant in the world in which we live, and it will affect us. And it will affect other people's lives. And I know that we live in this world that's fallen apart. And I know that until the Lord returns, nothing much is, is not, it's got to change. However, can I tenderly express this to everyone listening? This is not all up to the Lord. This isn't on Him. It's on us. I mean, listen to these verses. Matthew 4.19 says, Jesus and Jesus says, come and follow me, and I will, listen to this word, send you out to fish for people. Well, the implication is that unless we fish for people, people aren't going to be caught. He didn't say, please bow your heads and pray that I'll, get, I'll be catching a lot of people, and I'll be doing this. You, you can watch me catch more people. But no, we have to be engaged. No, we don't save anyone. We're saved by the power of God, the Spirit of God. But he said, I'm going to send you out. I'm sending you out to fish for people. I'll be with you by your Spirit. I'll be with you to inspire you. But make no mistake about it. We are engaged in this process, which actually means we got to get to fishing gear. We got to know what we're fishing for. We got to get up early in the morning. You know, fishermen get up early in the morning. They've got to do their thing because they're after this catch. They want to bring in this harvest. They want to bring this in. And the Lord said, I'm sending you out. So we can't pray that the Lord would bring in more fish. He's already prayed that we would be sent out. What about Matthew 5:16? In the same way, let your light, 
your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds. Yeah, there is something that God's mandated and encouraged us, inspired us to. It's not a works theology, but our good deeds need to be expressed and seen and understood in, in a way that people go, wow, check them out. Uh, not, wow, check them out. They just drove by me on their way to church. There they go to church again. But that our good deeds shine seven days a week as much as possible, and we glorify our Father in heaven. What about Matthew 5, 23 and 24? Listen to, to, the, uh, to the, uh, the commands about our engagement. Uh, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, he said, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Do you hear this? He didn't say, just pray for the Lord, pray to him, the Holy Spirit, he'll get it all sorted out. And then we just go about our business. No, there's something for us, you and I, to be engaged in. You know, I think sometimes people get worried about what they call a works theology. I'm going to do all these things and automatically get to heaven. Nope. You can't work your way there. You need to be born of the Spirit. But make no mistake about it. The minute that you're born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants you to be engaged in the world in which we live by the power of his Spirit. But it calls for our action. It calls for our engagement. It calls for us to speak. It calls for us to act. It calls for us to do. It calls for us to go. It calls for us to offer. It calls for us to leave. In this next one, Matthew 5, 29 through 30, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, this is pretty drastic stuff. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Listen, you know, this is our engagement. If there's things that I stumble over, I need to, I need to not ask the Lord to just do something about it. I have to be engaged. I'm saying, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to do this. That doesn't mean we fall or stumble from time to time. Of course we do. We're not going to live perfectly, but I have to be engaged in this. And then what about Matthew 5, 40 through 42? I'm just going through the scriptures. What God's asked us to do us to do. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat. If anyone forces you to go to one mile, go to. Give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from those who want to borrow. Again, this great mandate, he didn't say pray that I'll take care of them. He said, no, you be engaged. You give. You go over. You let go of. You take your shirt off. I mean, this, the, the, the whole New Testament is filled with all these commands from the time that people, from the time the disciples were, uh, spent time. until so the Lord resurrected and the time disciples began to get out on their own, you know, man, there's like engagement. Then he said to his disciples in Matthew 9, the harvest is plentiful. Listen to this. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, the implication there might be, and we could read this the wrong way, um, uh, Lord, I'm really not into working, but um, I know there's people who like to work, so I pray that you'd find the workers and get them out there working so the world that I live in will be better. And um, you know what? It's on us. It's on me. It's on my family. It's on everybody who knows the Lord. The workers, send them out, get them into the harvest field. This implies a very much of a works mindset. I've got to be in the field. 
in order to harvest. Um, he, he, his mandate isn't, and forgive me for this, I'm a little, I'm a little ornery uh, today. He didn't say uh, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, and um, you know, pray to the Lord of harvest that you'll find a good church to hang out in and have some good fellowship and have your favorite worship music the hour and a half or two hours a week, and then just kick back. The rest of it doesn't matter. This 90 minutes you spend on Sunday is going to change the world. That's all that I'm needing. And I'm not saying that those churches around the world are not making an impact, but when we only rely upon a small percentage of our time and we somehow feel like this is the work of the kingdom going to church or finding a good church, my goodness. Now, of course, I'm now I'm reading this next verse. Now I'm convicted. <laughs> but how about this? Don't judge or you too will be judged. Well, well, I guess am I judging? I don't know. I'm, I'm just challenging. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judging. I'm measuring my own self. I'm not getting it done. I'm not as active as I could be and should be, you know, and, and, and I'll take the speck out of my eye, you know, to, and take the log out of my eye, you know, so that I can be, be better. I'm challenging myself in this as well. But again, we have these, these, these scripture verses that are encouraging us uh, to be engaged, to work, to walk, to step up, to step out, to speak up, to be engaged. The Lord expects us to act on this stuff. Matthew 9, 37 through 38, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But what's, what's few? Not church attenders are few. Work, workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this harvest field. The Lord didn't tell his disciples, hey, I've had a great time teaching you. You've done really well for these three years, and don't worry about it. Just go out and have a great time. I got this. Now, he doesn't have this by himself. We are a part of the kingdom of God, a part of the family of God. In fact, in Matthew 10, this is what he says. I'm sending you out. Well, this is not something anybody wants to do, really, because listen to this. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Well, this is not. Who wants to go out amongst the wolves? We, we want to avoid this kind of stuff. We don't want to be involved with the wolves. We want to be hanging out with the sheep. Because sheep are great, and they're cute, and they're cuddly, and we love being with the sheep. But he didn't call us just to hang out with sheep. He told us to go out and be amongst the wolves. And he didn't tell us to, hey, you know what? If you see some wolves, pray to me and I'll take care of it while you're hanging out with the sheep. Come on. He says, therefore, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to local councils and flogs. And who's he sending out? Me, you, every believer, not the leaders, not the pastors. You know what? Let's get rid of the whole leadership model, if you will. And, uh, and I respect leadership, but there's really one leader in the church. It's Jesus Christ. And the rest of us are laborers in the vineyard that he's called us to. And the world is not going to change just by prayer. Let's pray, as he said, to send the laborers into the harvest field so that we can bring in the harvest. There's, there's where the prayer is. Matthew 18, if your brother or sister sins, go point out their fault <laughs> just between the two of you. Or if your brothers and sisters cause you to sin, go to social media and, and post it as many places you can. Leave the church immediately and go find a better place to worship. Come on. 
No, just between, just between, just between. This is not a suggestion. This is just between the two of you. I mean, if we actually followed the word, the world would, would be a better place. He says, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse, then, okay, tell it to the church. This is all about reconciliation and, and, and you know, getting things right between one another. Goodness gracious. Matthew 28, 18 and 20, Jesus said to them, and this is at the, the you know, this is at, at the end of Matthew, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. You baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and you teach them to obey everything I've commanded, which means we've got to have an understanding of the word, not just kind of know where they are in the Bible. I know that Psalms is somewhere in the middle. Proverbs is very close to that. Isaiah seems to be in that area. I'm not sure where the minor prophets actually are. They're in there somewhere. You know what? If you can't find them, go to the index and just read it. We have to get into the word. We've got to in, in, and just in, in, engulf ourselves in the Word, devour the Word. It has to be a part of our life and our being. This is the manual that God has given us to not just live our life, but to change the people around us, to lead them to Jesus Christ. And he says, you teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And, 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 and I don't want to go down a bunny trail, but boy, some of the things that we're teaching them to obey, I mean, we got to get back into just the, just the regular Bible and read it for what it is and stop uh, extrapolating it to the point where it's now suiting us versus what the Lord's actually said. You know, I mean, I am struck, forgive me for this. I, I probably shouldn't even post this podcast, but I mean, if I see one more seminar on how we can be more, how to preach the word more effectively, um, wow. I mean, and, and you know what? I'm sure there's some great things in it. And I just saw another little commercial about it, how to preach the word more effectively, another generation of how to preach the word, another generation of how to have a better church. You know, the, if, if, if the guys who spent three years with the Lord never went to Bible college, never went to a seminar, never went to a conference after spending three years with the Lord, and they're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and they change the world in which we live in, come on. What would really happen to the world in which we lived in if every believer really understood and really embraces that I'm, I'm in this game, I'm in this battle, I'm engaged in this, and I'll use my gifts. I will use those. I will read through these scriptures, and I'll find everywhere God's asked me to do something, and I will give it my very best to step out and do it. Not ask him to do it for me, but allow him to move in and through me. June 17, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. This is the world in which we live. Come on. It is on fire with sin. He said, these are people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and don't have the spirit. They don't have the spirit. They're following their natural human selfish instincts and just doing whatever they want to do without any sense 
of repercussion or guilt or, or conviction or at all and just whatever, whatever we want to do, go for it. You know what? We have something in us that governs us. The, and that doesn't mean we don't sin. That doesn't mean we don't fail. That doesn't mean we aren't tempted. But boy, I got to tell you, you know, build yourselves up, he says. He said, but, but dear friends, you, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, you keep yourself in God's loves. You do this as you wait for the mercy of the Lord to bring you eternal life. And then he says, be merciful to those who doubt. Save. Wait a minute. Save? Isn't that the Lord's job? Shouldn't he be doing it? No, he's saying you be a part of this process and others save others by snatching them from the fire. He didn't say, pray, Lord, get them out of the fire. I got something to do. No, we got to snatch them. We got to rescue them to others. Show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. Listen, you can hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm kind of fired up, but you know, I, I just, I, I, I get, I get concerned that the, that the church, the, the, the massive church, and, and, and I'm painting with a very broad brush, there are so many wonderful things that are going on in the kingdom of God in your local church and churches around the world. But I'm going to, but here's what I honestly believe it's the tip of the iceberg compared to what could be happening if every believer filled with the Spirit and and love the word of God and said, I'm in this battle just like the first 12 when they were sent out. And I'm going to engage in the world around me. And I know that I'm not always going to do it right. And I'm, I'm not going to do it perfect. And I'm probably going to offend somebody along the way. And when I do, I'm going to ask the Lord to teach me how to share his word and use his word and be engaged in the world in which we live. And to snatch people from fire and rescue them from the powers of darkness. That are that are at, that are absolutely gaining momentum day by day by day. But listen, dear friends, greater, greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Yes, the disciples were fearful. Yes, they were intimidated. Yes, they were scared at times. But there was something that they knew that you need to know as well. That deep inside of you is the Spirit of the Living God, and that when the more you read the Word of God, the more it'll inspire you to live your life in such a manner that others will be envious, and that God would fill you with a boldness to be speaking a way that will be bold for you, not like me, I'm, but but like you, and that you will find others that are lost and not living underneath the mandates of the Lord, underneath the word of God. They're not filled with the spirit. They're not saved by God's grace. They're not empowered by his word. They're not empowered by his spirit. They're living unto themselves. They need to be rescued and prayer alone to the, for the Lord to do something about it. It's not going to get it done. Is it Possible, perhaps, and I'm sure that it is, that he is interceding for us, not just for us to make it through another day, to somehow get exactly what we're looking for, just to find the perfect church. Is he not interceding for us like he did for the early disciples? Get engaged. Be a part. Lift your voice. Snatch them from the fire. The world is counting on us more than they know. And folks... The Lord's counting on us. He's counting on me, my wife, and my family. Listen, seek the Lord, pray after Him, and He will do amazing things through your life. 
I pray that you have an awesome, awesome week. We'll see you next time. God bless.